We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in. Settle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Gentlemen, three-man booth. In some ways, these are kind of my favorite episodes, specifically the off-season ones where there's nothing like pending. There's no huge pressure to talk about you know, important topics or anything like that. We can just kind of spread our legs and have some fun. Um, I'm not sure that's how that phrase goes. I think it's best <laughs> to, to stretch your legs and have some fun. But I mean, like I said, we get to do anything we want on this episode. So we're already yeah, the is this. Spread your legs and have some fun. Shit burgers start. <laughs> know that I want to start over, but it's too good of a line and too good of a mistake. So we're just going to keep it in there. Uh, boys, how you doing? How's the off season treating you? How uh, how's spreading your legs? <laughs> Take it from there. <laughs> it's good. I mean, I, I miss talking about the Warriors and excited for the season to be back. But um, been good so far. <clears throat> I feel like I've gotten spoiled. I used to so weird random admission. I used to like live for summer league. I loved it. You know, I mean, there was a portion of our lives when really the only part of the postseason that Warrior fans got to participate in was the lottery drawing, you know, figuring out what pick they had. And then we'd get all fired up for whatever draft pick they had. And then summer league would start and we'd get to watch our new savior take the floor. And I used to love that so much. I mean, I can remember like Marco Bellinelli having a 50 spot and I had like five parties in a row telling everybody that he was going to be an incredible player here. But going back to where I started, I, I'm spoiled now. Like I got all excited for the summer league. I wanted to watch it. I was like circling on my calendar, would get home to watch. And then I turned it on and newsflash. I didn't give a fuck. I was, I was fairly bored watching it play out. So I don't know. I guess there are downsides to having a dynastic team because you tend to care about the summer league a little bit less. Well, this is that weird time in all sports seasons. If you're not a huge baseball fan, like there's not really anything for you to watch, right? NFL is not back. NBA is off. NHL is off. You know, FIBA luckily is coming up in a month or so. Um, And then, you know, there's a beautiful game. Bram, you and I, I'm sure we'll watch the Women's World Cup. But uh, other than that, it's that weird time, you know, where it's just if if you're not a baseball fan, you kind of have too much downtime. but I'm surprised you were okay with the summer league. The way Cam Whitmore was playing is just infuriating that we passed on him. I don't know who you're talking about. I refuse to even acknowledge that. that ha- Here is my quick analogy on the Cam Whitmore thing, and then let's get into other topics. But um, So I've mentioned before, I'm an attorney, and we occasionally do depositions. Here's why that's relevant. Sometimes I'll do a deposition, and it'll be against a young attorney. And they will have all their questions on this outline in front of them. And they'll be getting answers from the witness. And the witness will give them something that's gold, something that really helps that young attorney's case. But they're too new to pivot. So they don't necessarily hear the testimony. Instead, they can't switch from their outline. They just keep going down the questions that were there. And they miss out on the opportunity to get new stuff. I don't know Mike Dunleavy. I'm brand new to him as being a GM. But I think it's fair to say he's pretty new to this. And his decision on Cam Whitmore reminded me of that. I think he had a draft outline and I think pods was on it. And I think that when Cam Whitmore became available, instead of pivoting and taking advantage of the, you know, the opportunity, he went with the outline and it is what it is, you know? So I, I will see what happens with Whitmore. Hopefully we won't talk about it again because Kaminga and Moody's development will blow us away, you know, and, and we won't have to worry about Whitmore's, uh, 
contributions. But yeah, that did kind of piss me off. Not as much as the spread my legs mistake that I made five minutes ago. I cannot get over <laughs> that, but it did in fact piss me off. Maxime, how you doing, man? I'm I'm good. You know what? Like I've I've been uh overly aggressive in refreshing my Twitter feeds, hoping for some kind of news. You know, Jerome Robinson getting that uh that contract for um our expanded roster was like the biggest uh the biggest part of my week, you know. So pretty starved for content. But I you know, to circle circle back to the Cam Whitmore thing, I, I think it is important to remember that people that perform really well in summer league has very little correlation to people that actually perform well during the regular season. So I'm not sweating it too much. Wait, Marco Bellinelli didn't become a Hall of Famer? <laughs> That's not how that story ended? Weird. Weird. Hopefully the inverse is true, too. If you're terrible in summer league, it means you're going to be an all-star. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should probably mention that the Warriors ended up 1-6. During the summer league, so maybe that's why I'm saying I don't give a fuck about it. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It's a complicated opinion by me, boys. Let's jump in. Not a whole lot of Warriors news to immediately react to, so we're not going to do the glass half full. Instead, we're going to go right to our golden questions. As you guys know, this is our version of a mailbag, um, and it's pretty straightforward. Here's the first question: "Quote Huddle H U T T L E." By the way, Huddle, how do you feel about the new flopping rule? So let's pause. I would imagine this person listens to the podcast, probably listens to it on their phone, and they probably look at that, you know, that art we have up there. Do they constantly think that we are the huddle, a word that does not exist? I, this thing confused me, but is what it is. All right. How do we feel about the new flopping rule? So I'm sure you guys saw it. There's a brand new rule. The NBA is test driving next year where if a player flops, the refs can now hand out a technical foul for it. NT, what do you think, dude? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I I like it. I mean, I think you have to curb the flopping that was going on. The challenge is it's, it's so subjective. <clears throat> I don't know how you referee it in a way that is objective at any point. Um, I mean, there was a flopping call in the summer league that was, in my opinion, just a terrible call. So... I think you have to clean it up. I know there was some back and forth with um, Darvin Ham about Steve Kerr's comments about the Lakers flopping, which they obviously were, and they do teach it. I don't care what Darvin says, but um, I think it's just going to be one of those things. It's going to be so subjective that there's just going to be more controversy about it. There's going to be a flopping call, and you know who knows if you can challenge it. And then now the rule is passed that if you are successful with your challenge, you get to keep it and get another one, and if it's controversy. It's a bad call, and they uphold it. And then they're like, "And now I don't have another challenge." So it's, it's gonna. I think it's gonna take some time and a, a, you know, probably a season, season and a half to start to smooth out. But ultimately, I think it's better for the game to get flopping out of it. I'll give you a couple takes. Not even like, don't like. It's necessary. Flopping became a plot line. It was something that non-basketball fans were talking about during the playoffs last year. You know, I mean, my wife, um, who cares about the Warriors, but not about the NBA in general, would come back to me and ask me about flopping because she saw some story on like Good Morning America. So if this became a go-to topic for the world to discuss, then the NBA was in danger and they had to pass this. It was what it was, right? But I'll give you two things I don't like about it. Don't like, number one, that it triggers more um, reviews. I don't like the reviews. They take too goddamn long. I don't like when Bob Fitzgerald says the Green Lantern has been lit, and I don't like how long it takes to ultimately find out what happens. So there's the first thing I don't like about this. But here's a much larger thing. 
I don't like that when the Warriors finally have a world-class flopper on their team, <laughs> they passed this fucking rule. It's ridiculous, dude. How many things are they going to do to punish the Warriors? We outspend teams. They change the CBA. We sign CP3. We finally have our very own flopper. And this is when they pass the rule. So I call <laughs> bullshit. I, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an incredible stroke of luck. Um, you know what? Maybe it'll, it'll lead to um, even craftier. Maybe we'll get more Chris Paul pointing out untucked jerseys um, at the free throw line as a result of him not putting his mental attention towards the the flopping. In general, I'm still a little bit confused. Maybe one of you guys can help me out in understanding what's going on because it's a it's a non unsportsmanlike foul, which feels just like an unnecessary double negative. I don't really understand how that relates to like you can't get ejected for flopping. And so it's just like the only thing that happens is the other team is awarded a single free throw and then we move on and there's no other consequences. Is that right? I'd say the social consequences, right? I mean, like getting called for this, okay. you know, like the first few calls that come out and like that person is going to be mercilessly mocked, which I'm on board for. Uh, who's the first call going to go against? Who's going to have the first flop technical? Either Dennis somebody, or Marcus Smart. <clears throat> I'm going to say Luca. How you like that? Some big name person who, uh, who the league will use to like really underline, um, Max team, let me change the question for you. And I'm stealing this, so I'll alter it a little bit. But I was listening to another podcast talk about this. I think it was Bill Simmons. And what they were talking about is, all right, if you had a tournament and you had players play one-on-one, 211, no fouls, right? So it's the opposite of this. Someone who would never flop. You had absolutely no foul calls. Who would win? And they said in today's NBA, it was Jimmy Butler. And what that made me think is, all right, what if you did a tournament of past and present Warriors players? Yeah. Who would win in that same circumstance? And my pick there is Captain Jack. So my my question for you, Maxime, do you disagree with either? Right. If, if it was a current tournament of today's NBA players, would it be Butler who walked away or same thing for Captain Jack? Do you disagree with either of those uh, those predictions? Well, well, I'll toss another name out there, which which. I don't know, maybe it's too obvious or something, but right, Steph is known for intentionally, right, that he doesn't flop. That's not a part of his game. So, like, I, I mean, I think we have to throw that name into the mix. My problem is that I'm not sure, like, if there was no fouls called. So, anytime we can label Steph the winner, you know I would like to. <laughs> but I'm a little bit concerned in a game where fouls just did not exist. The kind of thrashing this. I mean, shit, we don't have to guess. We don't call. that Most of the time, they don't call fouls for Steph during actual Warriors games, and we can see how it impacts him. So that might be the only setting where Steph wouldn't dominate. Uh, I, mean, I, might, I might be wrong. Yeah, I think you got to go big man. If there's no fouls called, then it's immediate um, advantage for, you know, weight difference at that point and being able just to dole out punishment and take punishment. Um, so I'm going to go with today's NBA, Joel Embiid and Warriors of all time, Adonal Foyle. <laughs> I mean, that's scandalous to say, Adonald, because you know we have him lined up. In fact, I mean, here, uh, let's use this as a quick tease. Adonald is joining the podcast in a very uh, soon-to-be-recorded episode, so I'm not going to necessarily go against you there, MT. Instead, I'll say instead of Embiid, I'll go onto Takupo. Um, I think Embiid couldn't catch some of the like smaller players. You know, like in that Steph scenario, 
I'm not sure you could actually stay in front of Steph to even foul him. You need somebody who would be a little bit more spry, but uh, I like the idea. And only because we're having a Donald on, I'm not going to push back on the <laughs> stack jack thing. It just is what it is. Instead, I'm going to push this to our next topic here. Um, question number two, quote, do you agree with Andre that after Steph's gold win in Tahoe, he should be considered the best athlete of this generation? So, uh, for those who haven't been paying attention, Steph made the news a few times recently, and he came in first. He won the American Century Championship Golf Tournament in Tahoe, and he not only did that, but he hit a hole-in-one. And just generally speaking, man, athletes from other sports don't win golf tournaments, and they sure as shit don't hit hole-in-ones in active competition. So this was incredible in my mind, and it wasn't just me. Just like the listener pointed out, Andre must have seen it and tweets out the following quote, greatest athlete of our time. And we're looking at the tweet itself right now. And it's got a picture of Steph kissing both Larry O'Brien and the glass cup that he got from winning the, uh, the American century championship. So Maxine, do you take this one first? Do you agree with Andre? Is Steph the greatest athlete of our time? In terms of realized skill set, I, I, I don't disagree. There's conversations about, you know, LeBron could have been an incredible running back. Um, but this is the this is the most actualized representation, you know, of of somebody winning championships in in multiple sports, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't think you can bet against it. Um, just given that, you know, LeBron didn't get a chance to play football. MC? I, I think it is, but I, I think I think a close second, even though he hasn't been as successful as Steph in his primary sport, um, but he's super athletic, is Kyler Murray. Um, Kyler was drafted into the in Major League Baseball by the A's, um, greatest team ever to walk the pitch, um, uh, you know, and was a really, really, really good baseball player um, and had his choice of either going to the MLB or, or um, NFL. So, you know, I think Steph obviously being the greatest shooter of all time and and winning this, you know, this latest tournament, even though it's, um, you know, not a, a full-fledged tournament, I still think it puts him over there. But I think Kyler Murray deserves a, a strong honorable mention. Preferred your muted response. Maybe Kyler Murray. Who even thought that Kyler Murray would be a part of this conversation? Um, I'm going to punt on this question. This is a super unfair response, but I'm going to give it nonetheless. So greatest athlete, I don't know, hard to define, right? What does athlete mean? There's going to be a lot of people. Maybe it's Kyler Murray, except for it is definitely not Kyler Murray. So instead, what I'm going to say is Steph has the greatest hand-eye coordination I have ever seen of any athlete of my life. Uh, better hand-eye coordination than Barry Bonds, who specialized in a sport that was so fucking hard. If you hit the ball three out of ten times, you were a legend, you know, Uh Better hand-eye coordination in my mind than Patrick Mahomes, who seems to be making up new ways how to throw the ball at all times. Shit, Steph has better hand-eye coordination than Hawkeye, whose only superpower is hand-eye coordination. So I don't know if that makes him actually the best athlete of all time, but you've heard me say this into this microphone before. The things he does are incredible. They are superpower-like, and that hole-in-one and this golf championship fits into that category. You know, we're not going to have somebody else like this in our life. 
Um, you know, count this as my eight millionth time I've said this. Enjoy Steph. And it turns out, don't just enjoy him on the basketball court. If he signs up for other sports, watch. You know, I think this guy could be like a championship bowler and like an incredible dart thrower and i bet you anything anti-coordination if you went and played uh pool with him it would probably be hella frustrating and he would destroy you i just think that if it requires skill steph's probably great at it yeah he's probably the kyler murray of hand-eye coordination i don't even know who that is I mean, that's real. What? How do we just force his mic to be on mute all the time? Actually, I mean, do I hear a button I can press or uh, anything like that? Another story about the Steph golf win. So, Steph was in a pretty tight contest with a guy named Marty Fish. In fact, so tight that they are going into the final hole of the competition, and Marty Fish has a three-stroke lead, so he's got to be the favorite. And when Marty takes to the to his final tee shot, somebody from the audience screams in the background, or background something you're not allowed to do in golf, and it fucks up Fish's shot. And the error allows Steph to come screaming back, and then he ultimately wins on a birdie putt to finish it. And since more information came out on the screamer, it turns out the guy who screamed at the back end of, uh, of the fish swing had money on Steph and has come out and admitted, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I was trying to screw him up. So let me start this way. That guy, I mean, it, it turns out it was a selfish act, right? He didn't come out and say, I'm a Steph fan. I wanted Steph to win. He said, I had money on Steph and I wanted money on the pocket. But let's assume or let's change it. Let's make it that this dude is a Warrior fan and he wanted Steph to have this victory in his back pocket. If that was true, what do you think? Do we give him credit? Is he a hero for having uh, screamed while Marty Fish was trying to play or, you know, inappropriate and probably shouldn't have happened? I just have never been a big fan of that <clears throat> rule, whether it's unwritten or just kind of known, um, you know, like written, like you don't talk during a backswing you don't talk when you know in Wimbledon when, when somebody's serving like to me that that's the equivalent of you can't scream when when Steph's shooting a free throw like it's you know like it's if you're a professional athlete like you should be able to concentrate and fight through that I guess it's a little different for a backswing in golf but to me you know like I've, I have little sympathy for professional athletes not being able to block out crowd noise when they're a professional in their craft and getting paid as much as they do. So is this guy a hero? This is a surprise take. Are you are you pro Marty Fish Heckler? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Maxime, can we isolate the sound on whoever it was who screamed during Marty Fish and then figure out if it was Marcus? Because I feel like <laughs> there's a I mean Tyler's not that far away, dude. He a hundred percent could have driven back here. Um, All you hear, if you isolate, is going to be Kyler Murray. <laughs> and then a bunch of other people being like, oh, and then that's actually what screwed up. Coordination uh, I tell you who disagrees with the MT, Steph. Here's his quote afterwards. You have to acknowledge it. It was an unfortunate situation. A guy trying to sabotage what was going on for a moment. Uh, Marty is such a class act. I complimented him for the way he bounced back to give himself a chance to win. I mean, I wonder how he delivered that compliment because Marty, in fact, lost. So <laughs> what it was that he said. Um, so, I, you know, the, the way that it is set up, if we accept the norms, yeah, as asshole move, you know, you, you can't do that. Uh, but I'm not totally 
against what you're saying, MT. I don't understand why some sports you're allowed to scream and other sports you're supposed to sit on your hands, you know, especially when the ones when you are not allowed to make any noise seem to be the ones where the people who are playing them have the least at risk. You know, like if we weren't allowed to talk for football, because these guys are all about to die because they're threatened with concussions and might be uh, paralyzed at any moment. Okay. You know, I, I get that. Or when they're driving F1 and they might have a fiery crash that ends their life. Yeah. I got you again. But when they're strolling through a golf course, why are we allowed to talk at all? So I do think that the rules are arbitrary and bullshit, but as they're set up, if we accept them, maybe Marty shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have had somebody screaming Kyler Murray as he tried to tee off. I mean, DeRozan's daughters were getting, you know, like flowers and parades because of how loud she was screaming, you know, during free throws during the playoff runs. So it's just different. I mean, maybe for golf, the the minute somebody screams and then a player shanks a drive right into the crowd and takes somebody out with it, you know, it makes a little more sense since there's a little more danger involved. Do you guys shit talk during sporting events? Like uh, as a fan, not as a participant. If you go to a game um, and you you have reason to believe the players can hear you, do you take advantage of that or you just enjoy it, you know, and, and not necessarily participate? No, I'm not a shit talker. No, especially when, I, listen, these are professional athletes. I'm an idiot. I don't, not to mention, right, if it spills over, if I say something that's truly offensive that trips Draymond over the edge, I could get punched in the face. So no, 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 thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. The only thing I like is um, if you're close enough to where a player can hear you. And I've only been this close once, but telling them that the shot is off because if they make it and then they turn back around and acknowledge you, it's just, you know, like, you know, that they heard you. Um, my brother did that at a game one time and Ray Allen um, made a shot. He said off right when he let it go and it went through and Ray Allen turned back and looked at him. And I always thought that was the coolest moment. So, um <laughs> that's the only time I would do it. Otherwise I wouldn't say anything. I actually got my hands on Kyler Murray's helmet, uh, Mike, <laughs> and they just screamed to him. No, I, I have unfortunately had some drunken shit talking moments. I've lucked my way into nice giant seats more than once. And because of that, you know, giants games aren't necessarily loud. We're like three rows behind. And I've had a couple of screaming interactions with players and not interactions where like they say something back, but like your version Marcus with Ray Allen and uh, and Matt, but I didn't feel like a hero and it didn't feel cool. I've had like more than one moment where I shit house someone at, on the on deck circle. They then went up and did something really positive for their team, and on the way back to the dugout, gave me like a double finger gun or something, and then everyone in my section hated me specifically. And like I never thought like, oh, thank God I did that. Like there there was never like a positive moment for that. So I you know I've been involved. Um, but never in like a positive interaction for my team, which is what it is. You know what they used to, um, are, and now that I think about it, so I won't do it by myself, but I remember at Cal games, they would hand out like cards on the opposing team and collectively, right? They were like gnarly shit. Like people dug up crazy stuff about like dudes, moms and stuff. And like, if you're in this collective energy of like, oh, we all have information about like this dude's mom and we're all just sort of shouting about it. Like that's pretty fun. Cause then you have the masses behind you. Uh, I went to a Cal basketball game. This is way back when they're playing Kansas and it's when the Morris twins were still playing. And I don't remember which one of them was at the free throw line, but I got up and started a, your brother's better chant. Your brother's better. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Nobody joined me. I don't know how many times one person has to say something 
before they realize that the other 12,000 people are not going to. But I said it that many times and then sat down and shut the fuck up. And it was <laughs> hell of embarrassing. I'm pretty sure I was there with my parents. And they looked at me like, this is super inappropriate and I'm not sure why you're doing it. So good times there. Last topic, boys. Um, and here's the question. Quote, what are your thoughts on the most recent chapter of Draymond versus Jordan Poole? So I thought this was out of our life. Apparently not. Once more into the breach, dear friends. Um, so I guess Draymond did a podcast with Patrick Beverly. And to be fair, I'm not positive if it was Dre's podcast or if it was Pat Beverly's. I'm assuming it was Pat Bev's because it looked like it's uh, affiliated with Barstool Sports. And here is what Draymond said during that podcast. I'll just hit people. Dialogue, of course, happens over time. And you, you usually ain't just triggered by something like that fast, you know, right. to that degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a team. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody on my team triggering me, you know, in, a, in an instant. You know, we know stuff that you don't say amongst men. You know what I'm saying? We, we, you know, we know, you know, things that you have to stand on. So I'm not entirely positive what Draymond was saying there. Um, outside of come listen to my podcast and I'm great at content. You know, I'm, I, I, I can't immediately decipher the message he's given us. But luckily, it wasn't aimed at me. Apparently, the people who it was aimed at, they were able to decipher it because the floodgates opened, boys. The first hit back was from Jordan Poole's father, who took to social media, and here's his tweet. Quote, I'm going to stand on this. That is some bullshit. It's BS, not bullshit. JP was his guy, and he avoided me all last year. He is a soft-ass bitch, and I'm standing on this, and he didn't apologize to me and my wife. So he lame and me and him can meet anytime you want. Again, that was from Jordan Poole's father, not to be outdone, a member of Jordan Poole. I shouldn't put it that way. A friend of Jordan Poole also entered the fray. So they tweeted out a video um, and the video is Draymond from when Poole was a rookie, basically giving credit to Poole um, and Poole's ability to shit talk and get underneath people's skin. And then the friend put this overlay on that video quote. He literally talking about Draymond. He literally took us under his wing because of the Midwest connection. And we was over at his house during the pandemic all the time. He supposedly called himself our OG and leader. You can see how proud he was in this video, but what changed? A lot of y'all hoop. How many times at practice have you swung on a little homie like that? To be honest, we've been handling this way more player and mature than at money. 23 green. You a legend. They condone this kind of energy of talking shit in this literal video, but definitely had a moment of unexcusable failure of leadership as a brother slash teammate, which was his best quality. Where's your quote unquote leader when you need him? We rocked with you a lot, which is why it's always in all cap been weird that you'd have such bad energy this way and has never made sense on this side. So after being kind of silent on this, we then got a floodgate of information Sounds like there's still a lot of emotion on both sides. Sounds like they did not work this shit out at all during the season. And it sounds like there's still a whole lot of hatred. So first take to the question we got. MT, why don't you take it? What do you think of this latest chapter, man? What's your takeaway? I'm just over it. I mean, I understand Pat Bev asked the question and it popped up and that's why Draymond answered. But, you know, I, I, I think it's just time to move on. Um, I think it's weird that Jordan Poole's dad is trying to defend you know, his son, like, is 
he's a grown man. Like, why are you like, in what scenario does Draymond owe you and your wife an apology for what happened with your son when your son's a grown man playing in the NBA? But, you know, like maybe I just don't understand those rules. Um, so I just think, you know, I'm just over it. it. Like, and then, you know, Poole's friend coming in is, is this weird to me. Like, I don't like, when you look at the video, was Draymond Green in the wrong? Of course, everybody said that, including him. You pushed, he, Jordan Poole pushed Draymond. When you push somebody like that, you know, you get what you get. I, it, it wasn't like Jordan Poole was staying over there and, and Draymond hit him in the back of his head and nothing happened, you know, like out of nowhere. Like they said what they said. Well, it sounds like we'll never know what was actually said. And, you know, Jordan Poole pushed Draymond, two hands in the chest, pushed him off him, and Draymond, you know, like, caught him with one. So I, I don't, I'm just over it. You know, like I think, I think Jordan Poole has been sent. I saw a funny meme that Jordan Poole has been sent. Looks like he was sent to the night watch when he went to the Washington Wizards. So, um, you know, like, uh, you know, best of luck to him. I don't think that he's going to be as great of a player. I think uh, the warrior system and players were helping him shine more than he will shine in Washington, but I'm just kind of over this whole situation and, and, you know, for everybody involved, just think we should just let it go. I saw a meme that had a picture of Jordan Poole in Washington, and he had those big mutton chops um, sideburns that he currently has. And what it said is that he had been sent to the 70s as opposed to Washington. So I think they're not totally wrong. Uh, <laughs> my takeaway on this, and it's looking forward as opposed to back, because relitigating it for a while, we've spent a lot of time on these microphones going through exactly this. But it's, I'm glad they tried to JP. You know, what, what this underlines to me is what I already said. This was a huge issue. It was a huge issue last year. And if it's still a huge issue right now, then it was much larger than any of us ever gave it credit for. These feelings are very clearly still simmering, not only with the people involved in it, but in, like, all the people in their camp doesn't look like they were ready to move on. And if the Warriors recognize that, I'm glad they forced a move on, you know, that, that, Presumably, this is the last time any Warrior fans will have to worry about this because of the trade. So I'm glad they did it. You know, the, as far as whether or not it's appropriate, all of that, I don't know. It's good content. Um, you know, Draymond is a content machine. He is very smart. If he brought this up, I, I, let me put it this way. I am now interested to hear what Draymond has to say on his next podcast about Jordan Poole's dad and the friend. If if he does talk about that, if this ends up as a tease, then he's great at what he does. He created more content in the offseason. But from just a Warriors fan perspective, I'm just glad they ended this. You know, um, I'm I'm happy this source of drama is no longer in the locker room. Yeah. It'd be interesting too when Washington visits Chase Center for the first time next season. <clears throat> like what's the reception pool's gonna get? Do you think he'll get booed? Uh, I'm more interested to see the reception that his dad gets. I want to know what the hell happens and how that fucking plays out. Um, no, I don't think so. I, it's hard to be angry at Jordan. You know, I mean, like, he, if nothing else, he got punched and had his contract stolen from him. So, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of, like, angry takes at him. Maxime? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, just from my personal perspective, like, I, I'll, give him, I'll give him the standing O, you know? Like, I mean, listen, he's a champion. He won us a title. Um, I mean, he, he was a part of a team that won us a title and I, and I think he deserves our respect. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see the dynamic between the two of them, especially now that it's in the open and they're not on the same team anymore. But yeah, this is, I don't know. I, I, I mean, listen, I, I understand that Draymond is good as what he does. Um, but he's still playing basketball. Like he doesn't need to be good at, at the content generation yet. 
like I find this to be a little bit excessive and I think it's unfortunate because you know, you want this to move on. You want people to stop thinking about this because it paints Draymond in a bad light. It just does. He's the dude that punched pool, especially as all of this stuff comes out. Like I read this quote and I was like, yeah, it kind of resonates for me. I I get what he's saying. uh, Jordan Poole's friend. So I kind of wish Jordan or Draymond would just let it rest. Yeah, me too. And I'd like to have this behind me. Um, Oh, let me sh- end this where I started it. I know we've been doing about 30 minutes now, a lot of other topics, really enjoyed this. Also, I'm still upset about the spread the legs thing. I just like, I have not gotten over that. I kind of wish we had re-recorded. Uh, there's nothing we could do at this stage. <laughs> and I've decided to kind of dislike both of you about it. And that's, I don't know why. I don't know why, but that has happened. Uh, with that in mind, we appreciate you guys. If you want to shoot us a question uh, for our golden questions, let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. You can shoot us an email too. Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. We are also on a series of social media sites. Go to that social media site, type in Warriors Huddle. Most likely you will find us, except for threads. I still have not joined threads yet. It makes me nervous that there's a new thing out there and I don't want to like go back up the mountain. It took us hell of long to get followers on Twitter. I don't (laughs) feel like doing that again. So threads is the exception. Uh, We're also on Patreon. If you want to support us there, same deal. Just look up Warriors Huddle with that in mind. Go Warriors! Hopefully, we'll see you real soon. Good, good.